It's Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Eagles came back to reality, losing to the 49ers 17-11. to The up-and-down Phillies went from officially done last Wednesday to back in the hunt over the weekend to three games back again today. Um, How about that amazing whiteout in Happy Valley that has the Nittany Lions ranked sixth in the country this week? Flyers camp is open with injuries already. Go figure that. Ben Simmons isn't coming to camp. Go figure that. There's so much to talk about, not enough time to cover it all. Well, we're going to do our best, Bill. Uh, the Eagles are a work in progress. They're going to have their ups and downs all season. We know that. Regarding the Phillies, I just don't know what to say anymore. They continue to tease us, frustrate us, you name it. Every couple of days, it's uh, you know in the different in the other direction. And now time is running out, so we'll see. We'll get to them a bit later for sure. And yeah, a huge win Saturday night for the Nittany Lions in front of that uh, awesome crowd. A whiteout Saturday night. It was good. It was good. Wait, we've got a couple great guests tonight to talk Eagles and Paul Domowich and WMMR sports nut Chris Pancake Ashcraft. I don't know Pancake Jet, so <laughs> you're going to have to tell us about that. Only pancakes I ever knew is when I was coaching the offensive line, we counted pancake blocks. In a nutshell, Pancake, Chris Ashcraft, works with the legendary Pierre Robert middays at WMMR. He is a diehard Philly sports fan. In fact, he was in one of the commercials for one of those uh, retailers doing the authentic fan thingies. Uh, He also designs and collects sports hats, Bill. You almost never see him without a cap on. So he's an interesting guy, and you will meet him later in the show. All right. Well, hey, with that, let's welcome newly retired, kind of, and happy grandfather, absolutely, Paul Domowich back to Philly Press Box Radio. Paul, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Domo, uh, we are two games into a very interesting Eagles season. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, as I said. They looked so good the first week. Of course, it was against a pretty bad Falcons team. Second week, they had their opportunities, came up short. What do we know about this team through two weeks? Well, like you said, I think it's going to. This is kind of going to be at least early on the kind of season they're going to have growing pains, ups and downs. You know, Atlanta was bad. That win told us nothing. I thought last week. I mean, that it was a game they could have won. Uh, they had their opportunities, but they lost to a, a good team. But uh, I, I think they had a lot. They came out of that game feeling pretty good about themselves, other than the fact that they lost you know, two huge players that that, uh, that they're going to miss. Well, one, one thing that's uh, I've been pretty happy about, right, with the first two games is the defense. I think they've played pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. As you said, Atlanta isn't so good. 49ers are pretty decent, and they, yeah. they did a nice job defensively. Yeah. I mean, they've only given up uh, two touchdowns the first two games. Uh, no chunk plays. I mean, they've given up one 20-yard pass play. That was at – 40-yard uh, cross uh, uh, play last week. Uh, one run play that was uh, longer than 15 yards. So, I mean, they're doing well. They're, they're making teams earn it. Those two long drives San Francisco had were, were, were tough uh, to watch. But uh, still, I mean, they, they made it hard on them. 
Um, so, I mean, Jonathan Gannon's a good coach. I think he's going to do a good job with that defense. Losing Brandon Graham is, is, is a big blow. Uh, probably comes in a position that they they don't have a lot of depth. At. I mean, Josh Sweat's going to play well. But I don't, I don't know what to expect from Derek Barnett and other stupid plays like the one we saw last week. <laughs> Unnecessary roughness penalty that kept alive a, a drive. So, um, But, yeah, the defense is playing well right now. They'll get a big test this week against that Dallas offense. I heard somebody on the radio say the other day that Barnett has as many uh, roughness penalties as he does sacks over the last few years, and it's probably true. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one Sunday was just absolutely stupid. I mean, they, 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 because you know the, the the fumble out of bounds would have would have put uh, San Francisco in a third and fifteen, I believe. Instead, they get a first and ten. You know, and that play was followed by that. You know that uh, illegal use of the helmet uh, penalty on on uh, Kayvon Wallace one play later, which was just crushing. So yeah, you just you just can't make mistakes like that. Uh, and Derek Barnett's made too many of them in his career. Hey, getting back to the offense for a second, uh, we can talk about what happened at the one yard line if we wanted to. That was very disappointing. But why haven't we seen Boston Scott yet in the offense this year? And maybe is it time to dust off Jordan Howard from the practice squad? Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Jordan Howard. Uh, you know, I thought they should have probably looked around. I, I mean, I was in favor of them signing Devonta Freeman when he when he came loose. I mean, I, Jordan Howard just doesn't have a lot left. I know, you know, he's a power back. They probably could use somebody on first down uh, and short yardage like him. Uh, but they think they can get that from the people they have. I've been a little surprised we that they haven't mixed in Boston Scott. Uh, but they like Kenny Gainwell so much. Yeah. Um, so, I, but I think we'll see a little bit of Scott. But I mean, right now he's clearly the number three back. Yeah. I think we all felt if if they had a chance to be a good football team, it was going to be on the offense and defensive lines. We mentioned Graham. Now they've lost Brooks uh, for some weeks. Uh, do they have enough depth to recover? You talked about the defense. Can they recover offensively? without Brooks now for some period of time. Well, his, his injury isn't season ending. So I think they'll get him back like maybe five weeks. Uh, you know, they replaced him with Landon Dickerson and, and Landon Dickerson's a talented player. Uh, you know, he made, he made two bad plays on, on Sunday. He, he probably was responsible for that second sack. Uh, and on one of those plays down by the goal line, you know, he missed an opportunity to, to block Bosa and and kind of seal off that outside that would would, would have allowed uh, uh, Jalen Hurts probably to run in for a touchdown rather than have to, you know, that drive to end the way it did. So, but he's he's you know he's going to keep getting better. I mean, Landon Dickerson, if he can stay healthy, and that's that's a big if because he's got an injury history, but talent wise, he's a Pro Bowl player. So in the first week, we saw a lot of the short passing game. In the second week, we saw a bunch of bombs. Of course, the thing to the pass to Watkins was a thing of beauty, but otherwise they didn't have a whole lot of success. What happened to the intermediate passing game? We haven't seen much of that at all, especially in the second game. And, uh, you know, maybe more involvement of the tight ends. What's happening there? You know, they're taking what, what, what they, you know, what defenses are giving them. Uh, you know, Atlanta doesn't give the, the deep ball away, so they – they kind of, you know, they were they had eight screens in that game, and they were successful with it. Uh, last week, you know, uh, they were able to go. I mean, you you can't go, you can't 
dink and dunk against San Francisco because of their their linebackers are so good. They took away the tight ends. Uh, I mean, they probably should have worked a little bit on the more on the middle of the field. They had some opportunities that I think Jalen heard this, uh, but they wanted to go with the deep ball. They felt they could. And, you know, you mentioned the Watkins catch. And, you know, if, if Jalen Rager does not step out of bounds, uh, and that was his fault, you, you just don't you, – if you do step out of bounds, you make, you know, you make damn sure you get back in and, and reestablish yourself, and he didn't. Uh, but you know, that, that's a touchdown, and that's a 17 nothing lead, uh, at, you know, if you count that and the other wasted opportunity he had. So, you know, I mean, Jalen Hurts can throw the deep ball. They'll probably take a lot of shots this year. But he needs to he needs to improve on the intermediate game. That's I think that's a we'll see how that goes this week against Dallas. Yeah, I actually had the tight ends down on my list of questions too because uh, you know I, I I was wondering are we seeing uh, a, a different style offense from Nick Sirianni than we saw from Doug Peterson, where with Peterson the tight ends were a very focal point. Uh, sometimes with three of them in the game at a time, uh, are we just seeing a whole different scheme that's going to come from uh, Sirianni that maybe the tight ends aren't the focus guys anymore? Yeah, well, clearly he favors eleven personnel. He's got he's got those three fast guys. I mean Watkins and and Rager and Smith, and he wants to use them. Uh, but they kept Hurts. They didn't trade him. Uh, they didn't release him. So you've got two, you know, you've got two excellent weapons in him and Goddard. You know, first week they played a lot of twelve personnel. Um, last week they didn't. I think they only played twelve personnel, maybe eight of the fifty-five offensive plays. Uh, so, and again, I think a lot of that had to do with San Francisco. Their their linebackers are so good, they weren't going to be able to attack that middle of the field with those guys. But I, I still think, you know, Sirianni's clearly favors going with three wides. Uh, and we're going to see – that's what we're going to see primarily this season uh, from him. All right, so Monday night, Dallas. Eagles-Cowboys down in Big D. The Cowboys are four-point favorites. They have a really good offense. Defense, not so good. Maybe we'll see a lot of points. What do you look for Monday night? Well, I want to see how – you know, Dallas, I forget how many yards both uh, – Pollard and, and Elliott rushed for on Sunday, but it was a lot. And, you know, you've got to stop that run game to get to Prescott. If, I mean, if Prescott can utilize Elliott and Pollard the way he did Sunday, he's just going to tear them up this week. So they need to stop the run. So far, they've done, like I said, they've done okay against the run. Nothing, no, no big plays. Uh, so they can do that. I think they've got a chance against that Cowboy offense. And like you said, the, the Cowboys' defense is their weak spot. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Eagles have an offense that can be explosive. They've got – even even with Brandon Brooks out, that offensive line is very good. If, if Hertz continues to improve, um, you know, with the two backs he's got, with the three wide receivers, with the two tight ends, you know, they can put points up against Dallas or anybody else. Paul, I, I have to ask you if uh, they, they've never wanted to call this a rebuild. Um, so if they are we able to say that we have moral victories here? I mean, I don't believe in moral victories, but if they, they play the 49ers tough, if they play Dallas tough, they get the Chiefs, if they play them tough and they lose those games, um, 
are are we okay or 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 does the does the city start to burn down <laughs> well i mean you're right that they're not calling this a rebuild it isn't i mean i think at some point they realized that they could they could replace people and i think a retooling is a better uh word for it because they felt you know with the people they've added they can contend for the nfc east which is nobody's going to run away with it this year um you know, Dallas is probably the best of the group, uh, and we'll find out Monday night whether these guys can play with them. Uh, I think they can. I, I, whether they can beat them down there in the third week of the season, I don't know. But, uh, again, if they play them close, you know, you might have to be happy with that at this point in the season. But I think they're going to keep getting better. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's their approach. They, I think at one point after last season – they thought about just completely tearing everything down, not re-signing Brandon Brooks, not re-signing a lot of, you know, getting rid of Fletcher Cox, all these older guys, and just completely rebuilding. And then they realized that they could do this, you know, with the cap going up next year uh, dramatically. They could do this without tearing it up. Uh, so that's what they've done. And and so it may, for the fans, it makes this season a little bit more interesting because I think they're going to be a contender at least into December. All right, Paul, we got to ask you about this. We've had uh, Eddie Barkowitz on recently. We had Bob Brookover on recently. Colleagues of yours, you know those guys pretty well. And uh, a couple of weeks back, you wrote this farewell column, I guess, Pro Football Life, calling it a career after 45 years. Did you start when you were like seven years old? You can't be that old, can you? <laughs> yeah, but yes, I am, unfortunately. Uh, I'm 67. So, yeah, I was going to stick around three more years. Um the buyout was pretty good. You know, they were looking to go in a different direction uh, with their staff. We have a new, you know, they have a new sports editor now. Uh, so the time just seemed right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was, it's not a retirement from the standpoint of, you know, I've got some book ideas that I'm working on. Uh, still want to do some writing, uh, freelance writing with other publications, which I, I'm going to have some opportunities to do. And then I'm, having fun with a radio show on Monday nights uh, on Merrill Reese's station, WBCB. So um, that's, that's been a lot of fun because uh, I haven't done a lot of this uh, other than being on with you guys occasionally and, and, and doing some other things like that. Hey, if I could follow up the, uh, the farewell column that I mentioned was terrific. I mean, it was really good. You somehow, Absolutely. you know, combined your father and uh, you know, your career and it just all tied together greatly and of course your your new grandson too so tell me about what went into that final column that you wrote well you know it took a while it's it, longer than i had hoped it probably over the course of four days i was writing it rewriting it yeah you know i knew i wanted to you know mention my father real early on i knew that's how i wanted to start the column because that's kind of what spurred me to become, I mean, besides the fact that I loved doing what I was doing and loved sports, loved playing them, loved writing, um, you know, just watching him hate his job for, you know, all the years that he, you know, that he, through my life, I just, you know, it, it kind of made me want to always make sure I found somebody, something uh, to do that I loved. And I was lucky enough to do that, you know, and, and I've had 39 good years with the, uh, Daily News and then the Inquirer. So I, you know, I feel, you know, like I said in the column, I, I borrowed the uh, Lou Gehrig 
uh, phrase. You know, I, I feel like the, the luckiest man on the face yeah. of the earth. Yep. Excellent. Excellent article. And, and we got to, we got to ask you about the grandson. We saw the, the, the Oklahoma boomer sooner, uh, outfit on, uh, you, you're brainwashing him already. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need to kind of tone it down with the pictures, I guess. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's funny. Uh, you know, my, my, uh, for, for years, people would tell me, Oh, you're going to love it when your kids have, you know, when your kids have kids and you're a grandparent, you're just going to be, and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And yeah, you know, I didn't think it would be as cool as it is, you know, I mean, especially, <laughs> especially since, you know, after they start crying or, 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 or wet their pants, you can hand them back to your, uh, yep. your daughter. So, it's a blessing. What, one final thing on the way out. Uh, how can people still follow you and uh, what do you got going on with all the th- activities you already mentioned? Well, they can still follow me on Twitter. Uh, uh, you know, I, I do the radio show on W. It's I think the website is uh, WBCBsports.com. Um, Monday night, uh, six to seven during the during the season. Um, you know, we're going to do some writing with footballstories.com and uh, probably the uh, the uh, new website, 33rd Team. Uh, and then I'm working on a book on Sam Mills, but uh, that'll take about a year before you'll be able to mm-hmm. see that in bookstores. All right. Good deal. Well, we appreciate you coming by as always, and uh, good luck, and come on back and see us. Thanks for having me. Anytime, guys. All, All right. right. Thanks, Paul. All right, Chad, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go insurance. Yeah, you got that right, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, PA, that, of course, is Dave LaHoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese. And you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Hey, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> We're at the link, Bill. We're at the link now. I'm at Beaver Stadium myself. I switched. I switched venues. Oh, look at that! I see that. Hey, how about that whiteout in Happy Valley? It, as we said, it did not disappoint. Chet, the atmosphere, absolutely amazing. Uh, Penn State responded with a huge win uh, for the program. As we said, ranked number six in the nation now. Man, uh, what an event! Yeah, it really was. I mean. Massive win, terrific crowd. The the whiteout was awesome as always. Did not disappoint. Uh, the atmosphere, as you said, just just wonderful. Uh, now the the Knits are number six in the AP poll. They are number eight in the coaches poll. And how happy was Sean Clifford after the game? He was doing a victory lap around Beaver Stadium. Man, I'll tell you what. Did the kid play just out of his mind? Though he was really really good. If I've got one concern, Jed always goes back to the same thing. Uh, in these two big games against Wisconsin and Auburn, they did not run the ball well. 
yeah. but when you're when you're passing like he's passing, you're okay. Uh, but when they get into the heart of the Big Ten schedule, they're going to have to run the football. Yeah. Uh, this Saturday should be an easy one. Uh, Villanova at Penn State, although it is a battle of two unbeatens, Bill. Nova is also 3-0. and The big question, does Penn State cover the 29-point spread? Yeah, I think it's pretty safe that they will. You think? Yeah. You don't yeah. think there's going to be a letdown? No. Well, no. I don't. I don't think even with a letdown that yeah, it's a four touchdown game. I, I okay. yeah, I, I don't see it. You know, I began to say that I actually thought maybe uh, Rutgers played Delaware this week, and I thought last week, and I thought, well, there's a chance that something could happen there. No, no. Yeah. I mean, they're just not in the same caliber of of play. So. Um, but yeah, big, big goings on in Happy Valley. I guess they've now decided that the uh, Indiana game has moved to a Saturday night, also, and it's going to be a stripe out game uh, at BYU Stadium, right? A blue and white stripe out game, and then they still have the Michigan game later on that is the other whiteout. So they've got it going on in Happy Valley this year. Yeah. By the way, I looked on StubHub. You can you can get tickets for Villanova for like twenty bucks, and oh, you yeah. know. The end zone. Whereas for Michigan, I think they're like 150 end up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good, good show by the Nittany Lions. They stepped up big on the national stage, and uh, James Franklin got a little monkey off his back because he won a. Well, he's won two big ones so far this year. Yeah, nice to see. Like I said, they're in the top ten now, and I mean they control their own destiny. You keep winning, of course, you're in the playoffs. Absolutely. All right, Chet, October will be here soon. Tell us what's going on at the Irish Rover Station House. Well, you know, Bill, uh, I'm just going to play the little chat. We, Our old friend Chris and I talked on the phone the other day, and uh, they got something big going on this weekend. It's been way too long, so let's bring in our old friend, well, young friend, from the Irish Rover Station <laughs> House in Langhorn, PA, Chris Gaskill. Hi, Chris. Hi, thank you so much for chatting with me. I've missed you guys. Hey, Chris, we're not totally out of the pandemic woods as yet, but things have been getting closer to normal at the Irish Rover and elsewhere, including the return this year of Oktoberfest this Saturday. What can people expect? Yeah, so it's going to be slightly different just to kind of keep with, you know, our COVID regulations, but you can come out at 11 o'clock from 11 to 6 this Saturday, the 25th. We'll have uh, all of our favorite German Oktoberfest beers, some fall things too. Of course, all of the food, uh, bratwurst, knockwurst, chicken schnitzel, of course, some pretzels. And then around 3 o'clock, we're going to be doing our famous Stein hoisting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love the Stein hoisting. Love the great German food, schnitzel and whatnot. And how about German beers? You got a few of those? Absolutely. The list is pretty long this year, actually. Last year, we didn't get very many in, but this year, I'm trying to make up for it. So come thirsty. All right, 11 to 6 this Saturday. i got to tell you, I've been there two or three times in past years for Oktoberfest, and it's always a blast. The Irish Rover going German for the day. This Saturday afternoon, the Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn. Have a fantastic event, Chris. Thank you so much. Well, good to see Chris, and uh, good to hear that the Irish Rover is back on its feet, getting things going full speed in 2021 October. Yeah, doing well, and uh, I am so disappointed, though, that I am not going to be able to get there for Oktoberfest because I have tickets for the MM Barbecue this Saturday over in Camden, which is an all-day-and-night event, so they're going to have to party on without me at the Irish Rover, and I'm sure they'll do fine. And by the way, speaking of beer, Bill, uh, today is the last partial day of summer. We are now into fall. Tomorrow, the first full day of fall, so it's the fine 
the, the time that I have to break out my final summer blonde beer for the year. This is the last one in the fridge, summer blonde, and we're into fall. I still haven't gotten over pepperoni pizza day. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I took some abuse from friends because it was a frozen pizza that I just remembered I had in the fridge. Didn't have time to order one, and I was hungry. It was 8.30 at night. Hey, Red Baron didn't let me down. Got to do what you got to do, brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Hey, we have a first-time guest tonight, and Chris Pancake Ashcraft. Uh, you had a chance to sit down with Pancake yesterday, so tell us about him and tell us what you guys talked about. I'm just going to play the interview, Bill. You're going to find out everything you need to know when you watch our chat. I've been looking forward to talking to this guy for quite a while. He is a producer at 93.3 WMMR. He's a big fan of hats, we'll explain, and he's a true Philly sports fan as well. Known to most MMR listeners as Pancake, it's uh, Chris Ashcraft. We say, hello, Pancake. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? Doing all right. So first things first, I don't know if you even know this, but this Sunday, Pancake, happens to be the second National Pancake Day of 2021. And there we go, National Pancake Day, the 26th. Nice. And for people who maybe aren't MMR listeners, shame on them or haven't heard the story. How did you get the nickname Pancake? Uh, so I started off as a, an intern for the music director. And I mean, I got in radio to work at the station. Uh, I loved President Steve. When I was in high school, I fixed a, uh, a cord that went up into the sleeve of my sweatshirt that had a single uh, headphone in there, you know, the, the old you know, metal Sony headphones that had the, the little piece. So I broke it off and stuck it in my thing. So if you'd see me sitting in class with my hand on my wrist, it was because I was listening to either Preston or Preston, depending on what time it was. Yeah, I, got, I met Preston at an event and got into radio to, to try to get there and work there and see how it will work out. And uh, I got an internship with the music director. It was the first National Pancake Day of the year, the one that IHOP does. And I'm driving in and the morning show is talking about IHOP's giving out free pancakes. You just got to stop in and, and get it. So I went down, I talked to the manager, uh, ended up talking him into giving me some pancakes for the morning show. And I come walking in with two giant bags that just you know, 50 pancakes or so. And um, they're like, what do you got? And I was like, oh, you guys wanted pancakes. I brought them for everybody. Like, okay, you're going to go far in this industry. So uh, a couple weeks later, uh, Casey uh, sent me an email and said, you know, we, we can tell you love the show because I would sit in on their show before my internship started. Yeah, he's like, we know you love the show. We'd love you to join ours. What do you say? I'm like, absolutely. He said, all right, the only thing is your name from here on out is Pancake. And that was 12 years ago, almost 13 years wow. ago. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. it so uh, you are officially Pancake, and that is great. You're also a big Philly sports fan. Now, are you all in on all of the teams, or is it just mainly Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, or what? I mean, it's all the teams. It's, um, I mean, I'll, I'll watch the Union. I'll watch the Wings. I'll watch whatever it is. Most of my fandom is Philly stuff. From the amount of hats I have, I mean, the comparison from the teams is uh, probably 75% Phillies. Then the Eagles are, are next in that, you know, hat and gear category. But I played hockey my whole life. I played high school hockey. I coached my high school team after I left. Uh, and I do highlights for the Flyers when they're on MMR. So, you know, hockey's probably my favorite to, you know, sit down and go to a game and whatever it may be. But you know, the Phillies are on all the time. I throw them on whenever, most of the hats. 
in uh, the, the hat world are baseball. Well, you've certainly got a hat for every occasion. When and how did the hat fascination begin? Um, I mean, I got my first fitted in 94. I have a picture of myself with a, a Lenny Dykstra card at the vet. And, you know, it's, it's, um, that was the, the first, you know, fitted that, that was kind of my own, but I had always sort of worn hats in and out and, uh, 2000 and probably six or seven, I worked up at Franklin Mills mall. So I used to go up and, and pick up hats whenever, you know, I needed something to match with. And, uh, then the 08 World Series came, and from there it just started with, you know, I want to get all the hats that the team wears during the season, and then, you know, what can I get to a Phillies hat to match a Flyers jersey? You know, like, here we go. All right, so this is a, a Phil and Phyllis that's in uh, the Flyers black and orange 96 World Series patch. It's kind of hard to see that light's not really helping me out here. But yeah, so it was just sort of turned into this, let me try to match my Eagle stuff with a Phillies jersey or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. It went from, you know, a couple of hats to a bag of hats to a couple of cases and shelves and boxes and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And in addition to, you know, buying hundreds or maybe thousands of them, you've designed a bunch of them, including the one that you're wearing and the one that you got Larry Boa oh, to model for you. That, that's pretty cool right there, huh? That was uh, that was a pretty amazing thing. I was I was at work. That was on National Hat Day, and um, I designed it in 2019, hoping that in 2020 for the 40th anniversary it would release. They do you know a whole weekend and you know all kinds of stuff, and you know the world changed during that year. So it it ended up a little bit different. It came out about a year later, and uh, I'm at work and. I get a text from from uh, my buddy Francis, who runs the New Era store over there, and he said the first person to buy your hat today was Larry Bow. He just happened to be in the oh, store. Wow. He was shopping. He got it before the line. The line the line didn't uh, allow you to buy it until noon. But uh, I think if you're an '80 World Series champ, you sort of get to <laughs> cut the line pass. So uh, he was the first person to uh, to buy this hat, and uh, wow. it was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I thought maybe you gave it to him, but he actually bought it because no, he liked no, it. No, he bought That's it. Awesome. He, he paid for it. He was the first one to get it not before anybody else. Damn. So, yeah. My so you John, have... my, yeah, my buddy Big John was the next in line, and he's waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> and whoever he was with was like, how come that old guy's over there buying this hat? And he's like, dude, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. And, yeah, I, I've got to do um, a couple things with the, the new art store down there at the stadium. Uh, this monster right here. This fuzzy Philly fanatic. This is one of the, the ideas that I've had for years and years and years. And uh, the team actually let me put it together. And it was a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. So you have designed four or five yourself. And you you own quite a number. I have to ask you, you probably don't have the exact number, but approximately how many hats do you have in your house? I have 15 or 20 in my closet. You have how many? I have uh, 15 or 20 boxes. Um, I would say, uh, several hundred, probably six, 700, something like that. Enough to wear a hat for two years or so without ever wearing it. <laughs> it's like Jackie Bam Bam with Rolling Stones t-shirts, right? Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm talking about my favorite hats, this is 
kind of one of the, the, the biggest deal hats that I have. This is from uh, Wedding Day. I, uh, I did not wear it when uh, we got married. Uh, I had them made, my brother, it matched our suits perfectly. I had one made that says uh, best man for my brother and uh, mine has uh, mine and my wife's name on it. And during the speech, during the bridesmaid speech, um, my sister-in-law was like, and this is probably the only time that you're gonna see him without a hat. And without fail, my brother had it just sort of behind the chair and slipped it right on my head. And uh, that was it. It was, it was, uh, that was the last chance he had to see me without the hat. Awesome. All right. As mentioned, many people know that you work every day with the legendary Pierre Robert, and you are the producer of his midday show. Now, Pierre is a Philly radio legend. What's it like working with that guy every single day? Oh, man, it's cool. I mean, there is, there are not many people like him in radio. There's not many people that can get away with the things that we get away with. Some of the, the programs that we've put together are just some of the cool, I mean, it's terrible when uh, an artist passes away. It's terrible, you know, when anything like that happens. But the, the good thing about music is that it, it can bring you in and let you, you know, feel all those feelings uh, just through the music. And we can play songs that you, you've liked. So uh, recently, Charlie Watts passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, we went to, I went with Pierre to the last Rolling Stone show at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. And we're all on the field and they come out and they play on the little runway and you know they get done their their little acoustic set there and charlie throws the drumstick one way and throws the drumstick another way and i'm watching it go and it kind of goes behind me and i just look straight to the ground and there it lands so i dive down on it and i got you know the, the last stick that charlie watched through uh at an event but we get to play music that that you know, celebrates the life of a person or however that may be. And it's just the, the way that he does it and the way that, you know, we can put things together. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, you guys did a great job with, you know, when, when Tom Petty died, when Chris Cornell died, most recently Charlie Watts, and then the 9-11 special that you and Pierre put together back on the 11th, of course, was just amazing. Terrific job. So really, kudos. Thank you. All right. Now, Pierre is terrific, and we know that he loves the Grateful Dead, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, the Stones, and the Hooters. Who are your favorite bands or artists, Pancake? Ooh, um... I'm a huge, you know, 90s stoner bands, I guess you would call them, but the, the <laughs> 311s, the, the uh, Sublimes, uh, huge fan of Pearl Jam, huge fan of, you know, the Dirty Heads are one of my uh, favorites, a record company, Offspring, but yeah, any of those, those, the core bands that just, you know, sort of built me as a kid. All right. All right. I warned you about this, Pancake. We're going to finish up with a little game of Fast Five. Five simple questions, five brief answers. Keep them brief so we can get them all in. All you ready? Right. Here yep. we go. The Eagles. The Eagles are one and one heading into a week three matchup with the hated Cowboys. What record with the will the Eagles end up with in this 17-game season? Oh, man. You want me to go with what I feel like they should do? Um, <laughs> Keep it real. Man, I I am a uh, I'm a fan. I really think that we should win all the time, even when our team is depleted and their teams, you know, whatever it is. Use your head, not your heart. I'm gonna say, I know. I'm gonna say we get seven wins on the season. Okay, that, that might be good. Game. Might be good. All right, you that are a lifelong good. Phillies fan and Flyers fan, as we discussed. A couple of your all-time favorite players from the Flyers and/or Phillies. 
Oh man, uh, Ron Hextall, when I was a kid, I uh, played goalie for a couple of years. It was not a very good couple of years. You know, John LeClaire, Eric Lindros, the, the whole, you know, the Legion of Doom was, was huge. But, you know, guys like Rod Brindamore, Mike Richards was a, I was a huge Mike Richards fan when we lost him. I was, uh, it, that was pretty tough for me. But yeah, I mean, Phillies right now, I mean, how can you not like Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, JT Realmuto? I mean, they just, they work hard. You know, growing up, I was a Utley fan. Uh, Darren Dalton was probably my favorite in the, the early 90s. And then um, guys like Jimmy Rollins that just, you know, it just made it fun to watch the game of baseball. Good enough. Uh, working at MMR, you've, of course, met a lot of great Philly athletes and amazing musicians over the years. I've seen your pictures with Chris Cornell, Dave yep. Grohl. Uh, any particular favorites among those meetings? Uh, Chris Cornell. His voice is just amazing. His solo stuff, his stuff with Audio Slave, his stuff with Soundbar. I mean, anything that he worked on, that was it. And he was uh, just a great guy. Yeah. All right. After a two and a quarter year hiatus, the MMRBQ is back this Saturday. What bands are you looking forward most to seeing? You already said you're an Offspring fan. So who yeah. else? Uh, Cheap Trick, they put on an absolutely amazing show. This will be my first time seeing Jane's Addiction. So I'm pretty excited to see them. And Wolfgang Van Halen, man, he really is good. The album is good. There's a whole thing where if your father's in the industry and you get into the industry, it's kind of tough to you know, make your own name for yourself. And I think he's really done that. So I'm open for Guns N' Roses. He was great. I love Dirty Honey, too, so you're really going to like them. Finally, Pancake, other than pancakes, what is your favorite breakfast food? Oh, man. All right, pancakes are good. My favorite breakfast food is up in the Poconos. It's at a place called Piggy's. We go there every year after the Cardboard Classic. It is French toast with half of it is a pancake and the other half is like granola. It's, it's like the greatest breakfast in the world. With a name like Piggy's, it's gotta be good food, right? Come on, let's go. <laughs> Chris Ashcraft, AKA Pancake. This was fun. Thanks for visiting Philly Press Fox Radio. Man, thanks for having me on. It was a great time. Hey, that's good stuff there, Chet. <laughs> He's a fun guy. And I'll see Pancake Saturday at the MMR barbecue. You know, you just have in your mind that uh, somebody that's got a nickname of Pancake has had that his whole life. And here, he didn't get it until he was an adult. Yeah, like 12 or 13 years ago, he said. So uh, he, he's Pancake forever now. Oh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. And and that hat collection, I imagine uh, there's there's some really neat stuff. I mean, he only got to show us a few. but Yeah, cool. yeah. I, I mean, every time I see him, he's in a different hat. So I think his estimate of six or 700 is way low. That's just my guess. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Hey, let's talk Phillies, Jet. We said 72 and 72 in last Wednesday. Uh, four and a half games out. They teased us with four straight wins, only to be followed by two losses and then a sneak out last night uh, that took extra innings against the Orioles. Uh, there are now just 11 games left. They're three games back. The bats have gone silent. They do have a trip to Atlanta if they can stay within striking range, but you know, the, the Braves still have two games in hand as well. 
I'm out of words, Bill. As I said at the top, I, I just don't know what to make of this team anymore. They they scored two runs in a loss to the Mets Sunday night, got shut out by the worst team in the American League Monday night. They got four singles against the Orioles that night. And then Tuesday night, yeah, they got a dramatic extra inning win. Thank you, JT. But it should not be that difficult to beat a 102-loss team in your own ballpark while well, you're in a pennant race and they're just playing out the string. They're a frustrating bunch, Bill. And, you know, I heard uh, – Jason Stark on with Mike Missinelli today, and he's figuring it would take 86 wins to win the National League East. That means the Phillies would have to go nine and two down the stretch and likely, you know, sweep the Braves or at least take two out of three from the Braves. I know they won eight in a row in early August. I don't see this team going nine and 11 or nine and two against anybody. 86, he said, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, I have this right in front of me. The Braves have 79. Right, so the Braves would have to play like 500 essentially because they got a couple extra games. So right. it's going to be a tough haul, and I don't know if you're going to be able to beat the Braves two out of three, let alone three out of three in Atlanta. Yeah, and I tell you what, the really disturbing thing about last night's game, even though they won, is they they come and they throw out the bullpen game and actually got a great game. Yeah, from the bullpen, and then turn around and can't hit. You know, goes back to what I said like a month or so ago, whatever it was. I said, you know. They can't put the phases together. They they start good, they don't hit. They relieve good, they don't hit. They hit, they don't pitch. You know, it's it's like you say, they're a mystery, and it's every night it's a mystery. Yeah, it's really, like I said, frustrating, and hopefully they'll get this win tonight. I have a feeling they're going to be rained out tomorrow because it's supposed to be heavy rain tomorrow across the Philly area all afternoon and night. So then they would have to play, I would think, four games in three days against the Pirates not a good team, but they've given the Phillies trouble, you know, taking two out of three at the end of July. Yeah, I, I don't think you can say not a good team against anybody when, yeah. like I said, when you're a 500 team, they can all beat you because you're not yeah. very good. You're not really very good either. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting last week and a half. At least we hope it is. But I just hope they're still in it when the Atlanta series starts next week. Yeah, and, and one other thing I want to just throw out here about the Phillies because we've talked about Bryce Harper and and I said last week how much I like watching him play, uh, but I can't give him a pass on what he's doing on the bases. Yeah, I uh, had the he, same thought. He's hurting them. You know, certainly love the aggressive play and all that, but he made it out at second yesterday when they needed him. He made it out at home when they needed him. Uh, and then he scored a run when we needed him too, but uh, – Every night, it almost seems like he's running into an out by hustling, and he's getting a little bit of a pass uh, because he's hustling, and he's got to be smarter than that. Hustle and be smart. Yeah, it's nice that he's hustling and he wants to win, but he's like, as you said, he's got to be smart. I, I listened on the radio last night as I was driving home, and when he got that first hit and tried to stretch it into a double, I heard Scott Fransky saying, and Harper's trying for a second, and he's out by 10 feet. Yep. <laughs> so, that, I mean, if you're going to. If you're going to gamble, you know, do it when it's going to be a close play, not when you're going to be out by a mile. And the only thing worse than that, he was actually out by more at home plate than he was <laughs> at second base. Yeah. <laughs> well, he made in the 10th inning, so that's what it counted. And yeah. he's been hit, still hit great, which is right. You know, well, he is like, now the front runner for the MVP, from what I'm hearing. And because yeah, he's just still hitting. Yeah, because Tatis has cooled uh, off, struggled. And, and, and the Padres that. have struggled. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, Chet, it's time to make our NFC picks uh, plus one tonight. Uh, hopefully you got Boop's picks, Bob Patron Jr. 
but first, uh, you you posted that we stunk it up last week, and uh, oh. I don't keep track of it. So, <laughs> and all I know is all four, all three of us picked the same four teams. So, how bad did we do? Did you block it out of your mind, Bill? Well, maybe that was wise of you because uh, the three of us did have the exact same four picks last week, and we all somehow got all four of those games wrong, Bill. That's pretty tough to do. We're picking them even up. We're not even using the point spread. They all lost. Every game we picked went the other way. It was abysmal. So for the season, you and I, Bill, are now three and five, and we're tied Jeez. for first place. And our man, Boop, the betting expert, is two and six. <laughs> well, maybe Boop did better with the points because he didn't do too good with the wins. What do you think? Maybe maybe he snuck in there with points. There's our All man, right. Boop. He's still smiling. He's still smiling. We're, we're going to do better this week, Chad. Okay, so let's get this thing started. We're going to put our throw-in game first. Tampa Bay at the Rams. The Bucks are minus one. We have the 0-2 Falcons at the 0-2 Giants. The Giants are minus one. Washington travels to Buffalo. The Bills are uh, minus eight and a half. In a Monday night matchup, Eagles travel to Dallas. The Cowboys are minus four. Let's let Boop's picks go first, Jet. Then you go, and I'll go last tonight. So who does just, Boop have in Tampa Bay, Rams, Bucks minus one? And just like last week, he emailed me the picks and some comments, and I didn't look at them except I saw the, the very first uh, couple of words about the Eagles and Cowboys, but uh, I didn't even look at the other three games. So he says about the Buccaneers and Rams, it looks like this Tom Brady guy finally got his grasp on this game, huh? Tampa Bay has lost exactly one road game in the last 52 weeks, nine and one. Wow. Including three postseason wins. So he is taking the bucks in this one. He says it opened at Rams minus one, and that's just wrong. Lay some points early and layer the bucks at some spreads starting at about plus 100. He's taking the uh, the bucks bill. I am not. Uh, I, I'm a believer in what the Rams are doing now with Stafford. So he's got the bucks. I'm taking the Rams. Uh, you just don't like Tom Brady. I'm taking the Bucks, and it's going to be big. Really? Okay. Oh, Brady, he's unstoppable right now. Yeah, he is. He is. I keep uh, waiting right. for him to fade. It ain't happening. Nope. 0-2 Atlanta, 0-2 Giants. Uh, Giants are minus three. Boop says, uh, what appeared to be a flash of light as a space rock slammed into Jupiter last week was really just New York's season imploding. They had a winnable division game slip away Thursday and have now allowed 400-plus yards in each of their first two games for just the second time since 1990. Atlanta has uh, spread what little offensive hoy they have had around. I don't know what that means. So see if you can't grab a good payback on Matt Ryan passing yards. So his pick Anybody playing the Giants, he says, except maybe the Eagles. Come on, Boop. He's taking Atlanta, and so am I. I just can't go with the Giants. Sorry. I'm going to go with the Giants uh, at home, and only because Atlanta stunk it up against the Eagles. They stunk it up against Tampa. Uh, they're due for a good game, but they got to go on the road again. I'm going Giants at home. Sooner or later, they got to win something. Yeah, they, they could. I mean, this that's a tough game to pick. All right. Yep. All right, Washington goes to Buffalo. Bills are minus eight and a half. Washington at the Bills. Boop says this is that extra 17th game on the schedule for each of these teams. Buffalo, which is coming off its first shutout since 2016 and largest shutout win since 1992, has never blanked two opponents in a row. Well, nobody expects them to blank them. The Buffs were not happy after a week one loss, and the Dolphins paid for it in Miami. 
he likes the Bills, and so do I. Uh, I think the Bills win big right now. Yeah, I'm going Bills on that one as well. I think at home, and they're just better right now. Yeah. All right, Monday night matchup. The Eagles travel to Dallas. The Cowboys are minus four. I hate this game. Uh, The Eagles in Big D. Uh, Boop says, no Graham, no Brooks, no way. Dallas is 6-1 and one against the Eagles in home openers. I guess this is their home opener. Didn't realize that. The lone loss was that 2000 pickle juice game. There is no juice for what now ails the Eagles along the lines. Uh, so he's picking the Cowboys. With the major injury dominoes starting to fall on offense, I do not see the Birds getting more than two touchdowns. Boop likes the Cowboys, and it pains me to say it, Bill, but I'm also taking the Cowboys to win this one. 27-23. God, I hope I'm wrong. I don't know that I've ever picked the Eagles or, or picked against the Eagles when they were playing the Cowboys. I don't know if I've ever picked against the Eagles anyway, but they're not going to Dallas and winning this game. Uh, Ooh. I, I think they got exposed a little bit uh, by the 49ers. Um, I, I, I think Dallas is going to run the football, run the football, run the football. And uh Unfortunately, the Eagles are not going to win this game. Yeah. Oh, uh, did I say that? It's true. I, <laughs> I, it's only a four-point spread, but I, I just don't have a good feeling about this one. Uh, me neither. Me neither. Okay. Don't forget to check out Bob Vitrone Jr.'s website, boopstats.com, for all kinds of betting information. And uh, he's got stuff all week long, so it's not just waiting on the, the weekend. There's all kinds of stuff. Post it all, all the time. Check it out again. Hoopstats.com. Yeah. All right, Chad. Let's give a shout-out to all the shows that will be live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, including this one. This episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and now Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your family and friends in addition to this great show check out our partners in philly sports including edge of philly sports live tonight Eitan shender joins joe freddie and big al as they cover four for four and so much more philly sports watch live wednesdays at 9 30 p.m eastern time birds iq kyle and eric quinn are back catch them thursday nights at 7 p.m talking all things birds and the Patterson Avenue Fanatics every Saturday at 9 a.m. Wake up and have breakfast with the gang, TK, Marks, James, Dave, Paul, then Damon, and get your Philly sports talk on. If you miss them, you can catch the podcast on all the platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com with great articles from your huge staff of contributors. Subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You can sign up at eopsports.com. Dot com. Our buddy JR is giving us some crap for picking Dallas. Uh, well, 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 well. <laughs> what can I tell you? We uh, hope we're wrong. Yeah, we hope we're wrong. But then, and it doesn't mean we're rooting against the Eagles. We're just calling it the way it is. And we we were zero and four last week, so uh, yeah, the odds right. are we'll <laughs> lose a few more this week. Yeah, it's not like we're throwing the gospel around here, is it? <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chet. Great guest tonight of Paul Domowich and Chris Pancake Ashcraft. Who's coming to Philly Press Box next week? It's going to be Thursday night, so let's oh. not forget that. 
next week. Yes, make a note, everybody. Due to scheduling issues with our guests, next week's show will be Thursday the 30th. And get this, it's going to air at 8.15 p.m. Because we don't want to mess with, you know, Kyle and Eric, those guys, and Bird's IQ folks. So uh, they're going to be on, and then we're going to be on shortly after at 8.15 with our guests. It's a weird time, I know. But how about these two guests? We are going to be joined by the godfather of football. Not him. This guy, Ray Dinger. First time since May. So Ray will talk Eagles plus his great new book, Finished Business, and the fact that his play Tommy and Me is returning to the stage in early October. We wanted to get him on before that uh, hit the stage again. But wait, in addition to Ray, we are going to be joined by his son, cameraman extraordinaire, David Dinger, yes, indeed. The two of them together, first time together on here. Don't tell Ray, though, everybody. Don't tell him. He doesn't go on social media, and he doesn't know that David's going to pop on and join us. I can't wait. The Dinger's together with us. Oh, that's going to be a blast. We tried to do that before last year. We just couldn't get the schedules worked out. I'm glad yeah. we could do it, and it's worth shifting uh, a day to pull that off. Nice, Nice work by you making that happen. Yeah, they both had plans next Wednesday, and one of them had plans for Tuesday. So we're all free on Thursday next week, and we're going to do it. And uh, do you know, since you've thrown it out, and I'm actually going to be in the north uh, in early October, do you know when that start? Uh, you know, I have it written down somewhere, but uh, let's see. I is believe it it's October 6th, Wednesday the at, 6th. Is it at the Media Theater again? No, this time it is in Delaware somewhere. I believe it's in Wilmington, Delaware. And it's uh, October 6th to the 17th, if I remember correctly. All right. Good oh, deal. one other thing. Boop is going to stop by in person. Well, you know, live with us next week. Boop's going to play a little trivia with us in the second half of the show and give us his picks live and in person. All right. Good deal. All right. Uh, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They've changed some things up with very popular mystery boxes and razzes with just 11 lines available. So your chances of winning are 1 in 11. Great odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC. 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. All right, Mr. Chesco. We have managed to be on schedule. I'm not sure how we did it, so uh, <laughs> but we did it because we've been loaded up here. I don't know how we got for you tonight somehow. You know, I thought we were going to be so loaded with everything. I didn't prepare a parting shot, but off the top of my head, uh, a couple of things. I feel badly for Kevin Hayes. He lost his brother a month or two back, and now he's got an injury that's going to keep him out six to eight weeks, so he will miss the start of the Flyers season. That is unfortunate. Uh, and then we have the Ben Simmons saga. It just drags on and on. Keith Pompey reported it like three weeks ago, and now the national media picked up on it that Ben Simmons says he's not going to report to training camp, not going to uh, play ever for the 76ers. This is going to get ugly. But now you have Doc Rivers going back on his word. He was asked right after they got eliminated, can you, you know, still contend for a championship with Ben as your point guard? He said, I don't know. I don't know. And now today, this morning, he denied saying that, even though we have the audio, you know, 
You never yeah. know what the fake news is these days. You don't. You don't. So he he's backing away from that now. He said, yeah, we want Ben. We want to work this out and have Ben play. I don't think that's true. I think that's just, you know, posturing to uh, make his trade value a little higher than what it is. And right now it's very low. So this is going to be interesting because next Monday is media day for the Sixers. And then shortly after, they're to report to training camp. And uh, it's going to be crazy. Yes, it is. And uh, news that came out late this afternoon, Seth Joyner, Eric Allen, and Randall Cunningham are named of the 122 list of 122 that gets to work its way down to the 2022 Hall of Fame class. I believe so, they've all been on there before and you know didn't make the finalists. So right. uh, I'm not wish sure. them luck. I'm not sure it's a, it's a huge deal at this point, but if you're not in the 122, you obviously you're not yeah. getting to the end. So at least they're there, and uh, hopefully they make the cut. The next cut goes down pretty pretty hard, like down to 56 or something like that. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but at least they're there. We'll watch them. Uh, maybe they could get one of them can get to go in with Dick Vermeil. Yeah, and I hope to be there next August when we think Dick Vermeil will go in. Hey, I got to ask you a question. We had Pancake on. Are you a hat guy, Bill? I've never seen you in a baseball cap or any kind of cap. Uh, you know, I've had times that I wore hats, especially when I was coaching, uh, even during the season, and then I would just put one on after the game as well. So I used to always wear them, but uh, not not so much recently. Yeah, I'm not a big hat guy myself. I just, I don't know, I just don't like the way it feels on my head. Uh, of course, on a cold winter day, I will, you know, wear the the beanie or whatever. But yeah, I'm not a not a baseball cap guy. Normally. Well, well, back back in the old coaching days, you know, it was the it was the offensive line coach with the backward standing on the sled screaming. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. One, of the, I was one of those. Well, guys. when I work outside in the summer, I do wear the old backwards baseball cap, and I know you're not supposed to do that after a certain age, but. I like it. I don't like the brim of my hat over here. I just don't like it. I have that. a big straw hat that I wear down here now that has a logo of a professional team that a family member gave me. So I, I wear that one. Speaking of hats, we got to remember to ask Ray Dinger next week about the Homer hat. He is not a fan of Homer yeah, hats. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Wrap uh, it up, Bill. Let's wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Paul Domowich and Chris Pancake Ashcraft, our sponsors. <laughs> The Irish Rover Station House, great to have them back with us tonight. Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC, 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoie of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Thursday. Remember, it's Thursday, September 30, at 8.15 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, Philly Press Box Radio. Dot com on blogtalkradio.com slash Philly Press Box Radio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Hi, hopes, yeah. Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds, and hopefully go. Let's do the song.